This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. So, how have your video game... Or in general, how have your gaming abilities translated to parenthood? What practical applications have you been able to utilize? Mm, I can change a mean diaper already. And I think that that is a hand-eye coordination deal. Okay. I would also say that I have a tremendous amount of patience because of video games. And that translates really well to being a parent. Okay, that's good stuff. Because, wow, that's really... It just sounds great when you Because you don't like it when people eat with their mouth full, right? I don't think that's the way that that but, phrase... I don't think that's the way that phrase goes. And I think it's just mostly the fact that on at least 90% of these podcasts, you're eating when we start. Right, but <clears throat> what I'm saying is... So, you were talking about parenting skills that gaming has given you, right? So, like, you have been gaming with me for many years, right? So... I by are you oh. saying that I'm your father? The part of what I'm saying. Well, but you've had to put up with me eating for like years, right? Yeah, no, that's really true. I'm talking my mouthful. So really, I am your father. I don't really understand what you're trying to say. That's because the mouth is full. <laughs> you get it? That wasn't even a joke. When have we ever made a joke on this podcast, John? That's actually a good point. Hey, listener, this is episode 61 of Unqualified Gamers, where I, Cody, am unqualified to do anything, especially find a fill-in host, and John is unqualified to not be here again because he's here again yeah sure i would uh, i mean you can be a gamer dad i think i think that's a thing you can be who can who can be a gamer anyone i think anyone can be a gamer dad i think that's a thing you can be but how is that in any way relevant to my introduction to the podcast because i was trying to figure out whether i would be more unqualified now now that i am a dad Mm. hmm i would go with I, I really have no idea. I, so I was waiting until we a- actually officially started the episode to... I want to be the first to, person of our friends to, on a podcast over uh, oral, A-U-R-A-L, to orally and not you're text-based not pro- it's not, you're tell not you... You're pronouncing it right. It's, uh, it's orally. Orally. Yeah, there you to go. Orally, I, I want to congratulate the f*** out of you... For having, for spawning a human being that is alive and it survived and it, it's doing well, right? He's doing awesome. So uh, I appreciate your congratulations to me. However, I can safely say uh, now, now that I know where babies come from, I can safely say that the amount of work that I had to do uh, to create this individual was pretty min- minimal. Right. Yeah. No, my, my job was pretty easy. Well, you had to and and my next question was going to be I hope your wife is doing well because I know that 
apparently having a human being growing inside of you is not always super comfortable and easy all the time. Yeah, and you know, to make matters works, works to make matters worse, she actually had to have a C-section because our son was 9 pounds 15 ounces, which for those keeping track is one ounce less than a 10-pound baby. Which is... And if you know nothing about babies, that is a huge f***ing baby. <laughs> that is large. It is, well, do you know the average? Like, uh, roughly? Six to eight pounds is average. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a bit of a difference there. Yeah, and tens are usually, like, special... Not, like, special needs like that, but, like, they are... They are a sight to behold. I mean, he was he was large, and the labor was its own special story. Yeah, it was. A, I heard it was a long one. It was. You know, I think I've heard of labors being longer. Like, so I'll just tell the story because it's a great story. Uh, like, we went in because we had been we had been an imminent threat of giving birth for five weeks because she was. My God. Yeah, I know. Like, she was. She was slowly. As opposed to the way that first pregnancies normally work for women, where you're not having a baby one day, and then the next day you are having the baby. And, like, you feel normal up until that day, right? That's, like, the way that Mm -hmm. not only your first pregnancy, like, that's generally how first pregnancies work, but that's how normal pregnancies work. She had the feeling like she was going to have the baby, and her body was preparing to have the baby over the course of five weeks slowly. So, like, that includes all of, like, the crampy stuff, all the stuff that kind of makes women miserable when they're getting ready to give birth. She was having that all for a long time. So that was really fun. But yeah, I bet. all of the doctors all all of the doctors said that that uh Max, that's our little boy, Max was supposed to come um and like we were told he wouldn't make it past like 35 weeks. Um he did. Oh. He did cuz 35 weeks was 6 weeks ago. So uh eventually it got to the point where all of the doctors were kind of chuckling about it that we saw because it's oh. like, Hey, he's not here yet. Um, and they you, just, you meant, it. you meant, you meant wouldn't make it inside for 35. Like, not like he was going to die. No, anything, no, no. Right? That, like he would, like he would stay inside. Right. And I mean, babies yeah, born he... before 37 weeks, most of the time need a stay in the NICU, the NICU, yeah. which is the neonatal intensive care unit. Um, because they just there are things that aren't developed enough for them to to survive without help. Like their lungs aren't developed well enough yet. So we were anticipating actually that he was going to be here early and that we were going to have to stay in the hospital for a while. So we made it to 38 weeks, and and you're full term at 37. So anytime after 37 weeks, if you go into labor, they just let you go. Um, and we were at 38, and the doctor knew she was miserable, and the doctor was just like, all right, you know what? how would you like to schedule an induction? And we were like, that sounds great. So we scheduled an induction. An induction is where they put you into labor with drugs. So there's drugs that they can give you that actually, they simulate the hormones in your body that cause women to go into labor. And they just kind of give your body synthetic hormones that make you go into labor. Now, what if I took those drugs? You know, somebody asked me that, and I don't know because they don't use them ever in men. (laughs) Ever, because this this particular hormone is is really only there in relation in for women in relation to pregnancy. So I think even as like a transgender person, if they were to get like a transgender person who went like post op, right? 
I think I don't think they would ever be exposed to these hormones because the hormones are specifically for the induction of labor and for milk production, which as a, a transgender person wouldn't be able to carry a child and 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 need milk for anything. So I don't know. They would never give this to a man ever. I have no idea what it would do. You'd probably shit yourself. That's what I'm thinking. You'd shit oh, yourself because that's what okay. happens with that, right. that's what happens with all drugs that that you're not supposed to take. I think. Um, really. No, that's not true. I just made that up. But I'm a pharmacist, so you can trust yeah, I was, me. I was going to say, um, <laughs> I mean, if an eight-year-old took Viagra by accident... He'd sh- himself. Okay. All right. I'm glad we cleared that up. Here on Unqualified Gamers, where all we talk about is video games, now you know about the birthing process, Viagra, and eight-year-olds. You're welcome, listener. So, they scheduled the induction, and we we were supposed to have the induction on... Uh, uh, on like last Friday so about a week and a couple of days ago um, and they were like but you have to call that morning because like if it's busy um, you know we're you're doing like an elective induction and they didn't tell us this but apparently our induction was elective even though our doctor set it up for us Okay. Um, and so that doesn't necessarily mean that I guess you get to be induced that day like if they're busy you get bumped which nobody told us so we are preparing the entire week for this you know it's like and finally the day comes we like didn't sleep at all on Thursday I mean it was we were ready and we were excited so we get up on Friday and we call at 6am because that's when they were question called and they're like you know oh and we had an insane snowstorm up here I don't know if you guys had an insane snowstorm two weekends ago but we had a crazy snowstorm, eight inches of snow over one night. It was crazy. Oh, of course. You can't, like you said earlier in an earlier episode, you can't have the baby under any normal, any reasonable circumstances. Exactly. So we we called at 6 a.m. and they're like, uh, we need you to call back at 8. And we called back at 8. And then they said, we need you to call back at 11. This went on for a little bit till eventually it was, we need you to call back at 1. And when we called back at 1, they said... We're going to try to get you in. The latest we can do this is three. We think we'll have a room for you. So we need you to call back at three. If there's a room open, you can come in and get induced. If not, we have to bump you back until Sunday. Which, I talk about this now as if it's no big deal. But that day, it was like the most deflating thing you could possibly imagine. Because we had... Oh my we god, were, yeah. We were mentally prepared. Like, we were we were ready for a baby, right? So we call back at 3, and sure enough, they didn't have room for us. So they're like, well, we're just going to schedule it first thing Sunday. And so we're now, you know, now we're at a point where we have to wait an entire extra day. We've already, everybody assumed that he was coming on Friday. So the entire rest of the day is spent in text messages and in phone calls, like explaining the situation. Um... So me included, uh, I didn't hear anything from you Friday or Saturday, and then Sunday rolls around, and you post on on our little on our little group. You're like, "Oh, she's going into labor. Keep you posted." And I'm like, "What the hell?" Two days later. Yeah, so that's so that's that, what happened. That explains that. That explains that, right? Right. So we get into we go, we call at six a.m. And, and they get us in right away. So we go there at six, and um, they don't actually give her any drugs right away because she they think that she's so close to labor already that all they have to do is break her water. Because apparently, if you, you know, this is like a common misconception, but uh, labor doesn't start by a woman's water just breaking everywhere. Like, apparently that only happens like 15 to 20% of the time. Hmm. Majority of the time, like, it starts with the contractions first. So they break her water, 
And uh, we wait around. They're like, all right, we're going to wait for a couple hours and see what happens. Nothing happens uh, in, in like, four or five hours. Like, n- nothing progresses at all. And so they're like, all right, we're going to start the drugs. So they start the drugs, and yes, obviously that... They do what they in, what they are intent to do, and they start labor. Um, and at this point, it's like 11.30. So they, we waited for about four hours, I think, with nothing happening, and they started the drugs at 11.30. Um, and she labors and and uh, am and okay. you think like for for those uninitiated into pregnancy, which was me, I knew absolutely nothing about this process. Um, like laboring is not like pushing is is a part of laboring, pushing the baby out is a part of laboring, but it is not the majority of laboring. The majority of laboring is you waiting. It is because the muscles in the body that are like preparing this baby to come out all work on their own. Like there's no conscious effort to any of this. Cause these, there's this hormone surge in your body and it just the body, like the woman's body just starts working and it just starts slowly kind of preparing her to push. Right. And this goes on for a long time. And when I say a long time, I mean that, that we were laboring without her pushing laboring for about 13 hours. Oh, of just God. waiting around and her body like preparing itself, right? Was so, she comfortable and relaxed during this time, or like how does it? At first, feel? no. But then, at first, no. But then they gave her drugs. Uh, it was the. I think it might have been the most pain she's ever been in. Before. Oh that. God! I'm, oh, that sucks. Yeah. So, um, but she got drugs, and then everything was great. Um, and so you know, she labored for for like thirteen hours, and. Finally, it was like, all right, it's it's time to push the baby out, right? And so it's like 12 midnight. It's, it's more like 11.30 when she finally started the pushing process. Because that's a process too, right? So um, the nurse comes in and, and we start this process of pushing. And it's it looks like it's absolutely miserable. And let me tell you something. Uh, you know, I can never compare my like experience as a man to what was happening there. But as as a man who is normally like able to to do something to a, like alleviate a situation when there's a problem or something, or at yeah. least help to fix something if there's a problem, like you yeah. you can literally do nothing at this point in in the birthing process. You just sit there, and if it's somebody that you care about deeply, like I do with my wife, it is one of the most miserable things you can ever see because it is just like it is the person that you love the most just sitting there just in like this constant horrible pain and you can't you cannot do anything you cannot do you literally can't do anything so it was that for three and a half hours this is a long time for pushing by the way women do not normally have to push this long to get a baby out it's that for Ugh. three and a half hours we're sitting there. And finally, the the nurse was like, oh, we're going to take a break. Like, we're going to take a, a half an hour break. We'll come back and we'll start We'll start pushing again. And Casey was like, I, I can't. I can't do this. Like, I've, I'm not making any progress. I'm not feeling the things that they say I'm supposed to be feeling. It's just not working. Um, we need to call the doctor down. So we called the doctor, the doctor that was on call that was going to deliver us. Because what happens is you just sit there and push with the nurses until the baby's in a specific position. And then they call in the doctor for the last like 10 minutes. 
And then the doctor kind of takes care of the baby when it comes out and everything too. Um, but the doctor's not there for a majority of the time. So the doctor comes in and he's like, let me see how this is going. So he like does the quick one over and he's like, I don't think this baby's going to come out this way. And we were like, oh, all right. Well, that's wonderful. And neither of us wanted a C-section. Nobody wants a C-section, right? Um, right. But he's like, I we, you know, talk about it. But I think this is probably what we're going to want to do. So we talked about it briefly, and she was just exhausted. It's th- it's three thirty in the morning at this point, um, and we just decided, all right, well, this this is what we have to do. This is what we have to do. So they take her back, and uh, this is the other worst part of this particular labor is the, you don't get to go. Like I didn't get to go back with her for the oh, start for no. the for the start of this. They go back and they prep her for 30 minutes. And so I get I got left in the room by myself while they wheel my wife out and, pre- and like spend 30 minutes prepping her. It was a very long 30 minutes. Um, yeah, I can't imagine that was in any way fun. Yeah, but and then they then they call me in um, and they, I have to go I have to go in in total scrubs, including like a mask because it's an operating room. Um so I've got like all my scrubs on and everything and I go in and they, they kind of have this cool thing where, uh, you know, the woman's on her back just laying on the operating table and they have this big, almost like, um, they've got all of her gowns and stuff and like a big sheet that they hang up. So ice like would sit by her face and they'd have this sheet up and so I can't see anything of what's going on in the surgery, which is good. Keep in mind, I've seen a lot of, I actually saw a lot of surgeries when I was in, in hospitals in pharmacy school so like it really wouldn't have bothered me but it would have bothered me because it was her that they were doing yeah. that too so but I got to be shielded from all of that so they've got this big sheet up um, and it took about a half an hour but they they said it was the most amazing moment because they just said you know we have like we see his hand because apparently his hand was out um, and then there was another two minute break and then they it was basically just we have a baby and he immediately started crying and when he started crying my wife and I lost it because that's 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 like the time you know that your baby is okay because the thing that they're most concerned about is the lungs and if they are crying their lungs are okay so we totally lost it at that moment and they did this funny thing and when I tell the story now this is the way I describe it it was almost like a magician thing where they like we have a baby and they they kind of hold the baby up over the the big sheet that they have up so you can't see anything and it's like voila baby and they show it to you for a second and then they take the baby away because they have to go weigh it and everything and and get all the things so it was like a magic trick like no (laughs) baby here's a baby Um, and I got to go. I got to immediately get up and go over to where they were weighing the baby and everything. And the other thing that they said before we before we even saw the baby was, "Oh my God, he's huge! Oh my gosh, his hands are huge!" <laughs> and and I was like, "Hold, well, how big is this baby?" So then we did the whole weighing thing, and it was nine pounds fifteen ounces. And I have a great picture of him next to the scale that says nine pounds fifteen ounces. Um, but he was just perfect, and he is perfect. But he was just, it was one of the most incredible moments it it really was like that and getting married were the two by far the two best days of my life so uh it's five in the morning and they wheel us into like the post-op room where we then are sitting there recovering and max is like already asleep 
So Max Max has a quick feeding, and then he falls asleep, and he's already asleep. But we're just totally like our adrenaline is going a hundred miles an hour. You know, Casey's exhausted, but neither of us can sleep. Um, yeah, and it was just they had there were nurses coming in, and they they took some blood, and you know they did all that kind of stuff, and um, and that kind of started the 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 road to where we are now, where it's um it's eat sleep and poop is pretty much the general the general <laughs> daily those are those if i had to put the goals of the baby on a board for every day it's eat sleep and poop so uh but your three priorities are eat play game so one of them is aligned with you that's right that's right uh and you know sleeping is one of my secondary goals so that's kind of aligned too and who doesn't love to poop so well <laughs> of course uh, so that was my weekend weeks, and that explains why I was not here last week. I apologize, listener. I promise I would have loved to have been here, but uh, there were some slightly more, um, we'll say, important things that were going on at the time. Look, I'm just glad that maybe from th- a- following this episode, I will be able to at least have a comparable weekend to you. Because every weekend for you has been like, oh, we're uh, finding out the gender of the human being we created. Or, ah, oh, yes, yeah, so 13 hours in a hospital, uh, you know, spawning my son. You know, it's, it's how am I supposed to – how do I compete with that? Well, now – I mean, now I'm going to talk about my son, though. So that's <laughs> – that I mean, that doesn't probably make it any easier, right? Ugh, damn it, John. All right. Fine. But it really was – it was really – it was really awesome. It was really awesome. No, I I know you, and I I – I I know you. I I knew what was going on. Like the last week, I'm, I'm basically just like John is probably the happiest person I know right now. Uh, well, maybe I don't know. Your wife may be happier because she was the one that had to deal with all of that uh, physical trauma. It's uh, true. You know, I know and, you were there, and you're probably right. We, she probably is. She probably is happier than me for that reason. But um, yeah. It's been, it's but been... but of the men that I know, yeah, of the men that I know, I figured you would be the happiest person in the world. You know, my oldest brother um, told me that he, like, the minute he had his first baby, he just ever since then he's just been a huge crier. He's like, man, I'll cry at everything. Like, dude, like take him to the movies, like some Disney movie, like, uh, like end of Frozen. I'll just lose it, man. I'll just like, so like. That's his story. Have you noticed, like, are you going to burst out crying in the middle of this podcast? Have you noticed, like, that you've become more sensitive? Mostly because in I any have way? to listen to you talk for a while. So. Yeah, okay. That's fair. I mean, that's one of, I mean, that'd I, be one of the reasons. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've always, I'll be honest, I've always kind of been more, I guess, on the sensitive side. So, um, I've never had a problem crying. Um, yeah, no big but, deal. I mean, obviously, like, anybody's going to cry when they have a baby. Like, that's – that moment, but I to- yeah, we, anybody's going to totally lost that. it. We both totally lost oh, it yeah. at that moment. It was... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I meant more since then. Like, if it if it makes a sound, do you just, like, totally lose it? Or have you watched any Disney movies lately? Nothing like that. Have... So he hasn't done anything specifically that, that would just make me burst into tears or anything. But, uh, I mean, I – I don't know. Prob- to be honest, probably probably not because like the, the there was like there's so much uncertainty in a pregnancy the whole time with 
with like, is is your baby actually okay? Because you can't see him or her. So it's yeah. like there's just this constant question of whether he's actually okay in there. And so there's so much relief when you finally meet them, when you finally see them and see that they're okay, that I, that's part of the reason I think why it is such an emotional experience. Um, that and you're just super excited to meet your baby. So like, like when he takes his first steps or something, I, I don't see myself crying at something like that. I see myself being overjoyed and probably a little terrified. Cause that means he's going to be able to get around a little better. But, um, yeah, not like, I, I just don't see myself getting super emotional about that kind of thing now. Now, who knows? Maybe I will. But it was... Okay, so you should be able to hold it together at least through this episode. I think so. Okay. I mean, assuming I don't do too much talking, because I, that's what makes most people cry. Yeah, you're, you're actually, you're true. Yeah, you're, you're being very I, true. I am true. I am you true. You are true. Well, no, again, like, seriously, congratulations. Like, I, I try not to bother you this week. Uh, I was definitely... Uh, you were definitely on my mind. Like, I knew... I was... I am not gonna get all... fucking Whatever. But, whatever. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about you, you jackass. Um, no, I, I knew it was up. I try not to bug you too much. Um, I hope things are awesome. It is really good talking to you, because God knows I'd rather talk to anybody than Ryan. Uh, that was possibly the longest hour of my life last week, and probably the listener, too. Uh... <laughs> Noticed far less website traffic since that episode. So strange. Uh, so here we are now. Uh, but no, I'm super, super, super pumped for you. And, and I will say, like, you know, some people complain about baby photos on Facebook and, and when you put them up or whatever and, and like, oh, all babies look the same and stuff. Dude, your kid is fucking beautiful. So so let me tell you another – okay. So uh, to wrap up the baby discussion, um, one of the – one of the big advantages of having a C-section baby is that your baby is beautiful because there is zero passage through the birth canal. So he really is. And I mean, okay, I might be a little biased because he's kind of my kid, but I think he's kind of perfect. He's pretty, he's pretty amazing. Like you posted a picture within 24 hours of him being born. And I, it he's a he is a really good looking baby. He's like a, seriously, he's a he's a beautiful baby. He's a handsome I, young man. He is, and I might be biased too. Like I don't know, but I I looked at I mean I saw it and I I got a little. I mentioned this in our, our super little Facebook group, but in the, at this point, the listeners just like, oh my god, just make out already. But no, like John and I have known each other forever, so it's weird because last thing I remember, we were in second grade watching Spaceballs on two times speed at John's house uh, over and over which, and over Which is a again. fantastic way to watch that movie, by the way. Oh, my God. In double speed and then sometimes in slow-mo. And we're doing this over and over, just rewinding it. And then suddenly there's, like, a human being. So I saw – I got a little emotional. I'm not going to lie. Uh, in, like, a much more mild, kind of weird – I don't know how to process this kind of way. Because um, you, you now have the most – life experience points you have two you have marriage and baby and i've got zero life experience points unless you count going to a college party that gets shut down by the cops when you're 28 years old in which case i've got that locked down pretty good but i don't think that gets you a life experience point i really don't at least not the same it's a different kind of life experience it's it certainly is 
I think maybe some of the drug and alcohol late in life experiences I've got you beat, but in terms of let's we'll go milestones, milestone points. You're uh I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't compare lives like that. They don't need to no, be No, no, no. They neither, don't need to be neither. similar. It's not a race, but uh your life does sound awesome right now. So that's super awesome. And, uh, listener, I hope you learned something about birthing, because, like, God knows I did. I was interested that you kept calling it laboring, like she was laboring, not she was in labor. Is is that, like, a – do they call it laboring in the hospital? Well, I, Or were you just kind of confusing that? Well, no. I mean, everybody knows that passive voice is a weak way to talk. Ah, yes, it is. Very no, good. It, well, it really is It really is an active process is the reason. Even though I say it is just your body doing stuff, it, like, she like she was working to get through pain and things. So it wasn't, it was an active process. And being in sure. labor makes it sound more, much more passive. Uh, but it's, it's definitely not. So I think sure. it was more, it's more of a subconscious thing. I didn't even realize I said that, to be honest, but I'm pretty sure that's why. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Well, welcome back. Uh, don't ever miss an episode ever again or your ass is fired and I'm taking this uh, podcast to Hollywood. Who are you going to find in Hollywood? Uh, John John uh, Locke. From Lost? Yeah, John Locke from Lost. I, no idea what the actor's name is, but that old bald dude. I don't think he's got a name. I think his name is John Locke. Yeah, <laughs> literally is John Locke. Oh boy! So I, I I apologize that I went first, but I you know obviously you asked me, and I was very excited to share that story. But I will ask you, how was your weekend? Oh, <laughs> you! <laughs> well, I, I do want to know. You couldn't I, even say it with a straight I, face. Well, it's You're hard. Just... It's tough. It's tough for me to say that with a straight face now because it's not. It's not fair. Like it's not, and but I t- and I know this... it's not fair, but it's not fair. And technically, what you had happen was last last week. Like yours was two weeks ago. It's true. I kind of cheated, didn't I? So you kind of cheated. So my so I don't know. The, the last two days, I'm guessing you were just changing diapers a lot and feeding baby. That's absolutely. And I actually, I'm not doing any of the feeding because we're breastfeeding, so I don't have to do any of that. Um, but I was changing a lot of diapers, and it. So have you ever changed a diaper? No. Okay, and I hadn't either. It's so much easier than I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. It's not. It's not, nowhere near as scary as you think it's going to be at all. Oh, that's relief. That was my number one thing stopping me from having a baby. There, well, that and not having a female significant other. Well, that could be part of it, too. Kind of part of it. So there's that. Um, <clears throat> that's good to know. And you're, do you get – does your wife give you experience points every time you change the diaper? Like can you level up in diaper changing? I think I may have changed more diapers than her at this point. Which makes sense because she's doing all the feeding, right? So she is giving you experience. Are you are you keeping track like on a on a chart of the experience points you're getting, or you does know, she get experience should. points? We should, yeah, we you should. should do that. You've got to gain some levels in this, dude. I think I have. I mean, been that's levels. you. If you don't gamify it, then there's no relevance to this podcast, and you'll no longer ever be allowed to talk about your wife or kid or or job or living room. Okay, point no, taken. All of point those. Taken. All of, none of the all of none of those that no neither nor as is are was were. Who what when where why? Nick News W5. <laughs> Could you tell Ryan was on last week cuz that was him right there. <laughs> Just channeling 
channeling, hey, how was my weekend? Uh, hey, mine was kind of like yours. I saw the Lego movie. Yeah? Because that that's as the good, kids. Was that as... You, you and you, you definitely love hanging out with the kids. Was uh, <laughs> was that as good as, as everybody said it was? It was... Dude, two thumbs up. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about that movie. Yeah. John, it is written so... The writing is so smart. It it makes sense. The whole thing makes sense. You look at it and you're like, oh, Lego is just a brick. How do you make it into a movie? And the characters make sense. The product tie-in makes sense. The self-aware... Like, it's, it's painfully self-aware in the best possible way and self-referential, uh, but also so smart and cleverly written and it's it's just it's a brilliant movie i was i was legitimately i laughed out loud a lot i was laughing out loud a lot um it's just and it's just a happy fun positive like nothing bad happens just everything is cute and quirky and it's it's impossible not to have a smile on your face throughout pretty much the entire movie you make it sound pretty good yeah, no, it's it's really really good. Like I would highly recommend. You know, if you know, whenever it'll probably be out of theaters by the time you and your wife are done, kind of twenty four seven baby time and all that stuff. But at least rent. I mean, you should you two should sit down and watch it for a little date night because it would be very nice and happy and fun. It was I, it was a very good movie. So I, I appreciate I highly that. Recommend, I appreciate, thank you for thinking about us. Thank you. Yeah, always, always. Uh, so this man, this podcast, I've come so many times, come so dangerously close to saying nice things to you, and I'm not sure how to process it. It's really bothering me, really bothering me. You hole. There you go. So, you got right back on track there. Thank you. I see what Thank you. you. So uh, not only, and I didn't really do much else uh, exciting this weekend. Uh, I, I would like. I think we should probably. Since the listeners just let us indulge ourselves for so long, we should talk about what they've been playing and then talk a little bit about all the games you've been playing because I know you've been you've had so much time to play video games lately. That's all I've been doing. All that you've been doing. All you've been doing. Yep. So our listeners, yep. are we ready? For, are you ready for the listener segment? I don't know. Sometimes you have things to say. No, I'm ready. My body so no, is no ready. No thoughts. In, okay. Yeah, right. Your body's ready. Great. Okay, cool. So... I asked on Sunday. I usually I ask on Friday. This is a big change. So glad I'm pointing this out because that's so interesting to you. Uh, asked on Sunday what the listeners played this weekend. Jamie said, surprisingly, barely anything. Don't know why, but I was wrapped up in non-gaming things like watching Attack on Titan. Have you have you heard of this Attack on Titan thing? I've I, you know I've heard of it. I know it's an anime, right? It's or is it or is it a live action? Show? It's an anime. I know it's, it's an, an anime. anime. That's all I know about it. That's all okay, I know it's, about it. Okay, it, for me, like on Google Plus with all our gamer listeners, uh, followers, and all that, I'm seeing a lot about Attack on Titan, and then I go to Facebook, and all I hear about is House of Cards. My friends are just obsessed with that show. Have you ever my, seen House of Cards? My wife has have watched the entire two seasons that are on Netflix in um two days. Your wife and you, or just your wife? Not, not me. Just my wife. And so she's a pretty big fan. She obviously. likes it. She's saying it's like one of the best shows she's ever watched. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of that. So we need to watch Attack on Titan and uh, apparently House of Cards. Apparently. Uh, but Jamie did uh, play some We Fit You since he just bought it, and he's likely to play some more Bravely Default 
later today. He says Bravely Default proper, so not the demo, I'm guessing. That must be what that And means. Bravely Default, I'm going to tell you about Bravely Default in this episode. That's John. good. You, you tell yeah. me. I will. Watch out. Yeah, you better tell me. Uh, vintage Gamer Jarly has been playing Super Meat Boy. Still haven't played it. It's on my desktop. Uh, you, when you play it, when you finally get around to it, go into it with a lot of patience because you, you need, you need a lot of patience. I watched, um, I actually had a movie night a couple Fridays ago. Some of my coworkers came over and watched Dance Dance Revolution, The Warrior's Path. You remember that movie? So I was really hoping that you were going to say, uh, that you watched Indie Game the movie, which actually deals with Super Meat Boy, which is what we were talking about. No, why would I say that? Because that's what our listener played. Don't care um, about that. Vintage Gamer Jolly, you're great, but this is all about me. Uh, actually, no, this story is relevant to Super Meat Boy. After Dance Dance Revolution, The Warrior's Path, you remember Dan- that movie? Dancing Games is Serious Business. Yeah, Dancing Games of Serious Business. We, uh, one of my coworkers saw because we we watched it on my TV. My PC's hooked up to my TV. We were watching Dance Dance Revolution: The Warrior's Path on YouTube because that's where it is. And afterwards, my coworker saw on my desktop the Super Meat Boy icon. He goes, "Oh, can I play it?" And I was like, "All right." So he just started playing it, uh, and so I watched him play through the first world. So I, I have seen it now live. So there's that. Uh huh. Our listener, Miles, has been playing Dishonored and Fallout 3. What's Dishonored? Oh, I talked about Dishonored on an episode of this show. It is a really good game, is what it is. Oh, is that the episode I wasn't listening to anything you said during? Or is that's that... every f***ing episode oh, we ever record. that's every episode. Right. Okay, okay. I just, <laughs> just wanted to clarify that. Uh, oh, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. So our listener, Christopher... The robot, the robot master. Not like, not like Doctor Wiley's robot masters, but like he builds robots. No, it's a robot. A robot. It's a robot. Okay, so the robot master, Christopher the robot master. He wrote a dialogue in his comment, and now I get to read it using voices. Are you excited about this? I, I kind of wish he hadn't done that. I will be playing the roles of both Christopher and. His memory. So two different, two different things, and like Christopher is going to sound like this, kind of like a anchor man, and memory is going to sound like this. Because, because that's they what memory sounds like. That's what memory sounds like, right? Okay. All right. So here, <clears throat> so this is what Christopher did this weekend. Memory. Did I play anything over the weekend? No, I don't believe you did. Didn't I play... Dot, dot, dot. No, you didn't. But didn't I do that thing in that game where... Dot, dot, dot. Stop making a fool of yourself. You didn't play anything over the weekend. Oh, yeah. I didn't play anything. Chris, you could have played anything while writing this dialogue. And scene... Well done. Well done. Thank you. Those years, those the the decades of improv comedy classes that you took. Thank you. They they show. They show. Thank you. Even though that was completely scripted, thus leaving zero room for improvisation. 
but thank you, none, nevertheless. Uh, they show. They so, show. what? They show. They show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Justin has is still playing Bravely Default and The Walking Dead season two, episode two. Is that seriously a game? Yeah, the wa- the Walking Dead game came out with its second season. Why is that? I can't tell if you're being serious or not. I can't tell if you're being serious or not. I'm I am being serious. So the Walking Dead game, you know it it did really well, and it was only like twenty bucks. And when a game does really well and they want to make more money on it, what do they do? They make a sequel. Well, Double Fine is doing kind of a different thing where they are making sequels, but they're basically... And they've done this before. This is not the first game ever that they've done to do this. Like, Sam and Max has done this, where they come out with seasons of, like, the same game. Um, And they don't charge full prices for them. They charge, like, 20 bucks. And so they've just come out with a second season. That's weird and sounds made up and stupid, just like your face. So yeah, that's that's that. So John is playing Pac-Man Championship Edition, Fruit Ninja Connect, Connect Sports Season 2, Skyrim, Tetris, and Assassin's Creed 2. Now I've inquired, and John actually plays Fruit Ninja Connect with his with his, with a a, a, a a child. Getting back on the child uh, train of the theme of the show, your baby and my Lego movie, Fruit Ninja Connect. Oh, the party you'll go to. And the parties they go to. Would you play a Connect game? Do you think? Do you think that is going to be in your the early uh, repertoire or decoupage, if you will, with your your little one? I think that there's a very good, very good chance. I'm thinking that as far as like early gaming experiences with my kid go, uh, we're probably going to see mostly uh, touchscreen interface stuff first, right? Because that's the easiest to understand. Oh, come on. We were playing NES when we were five. That's true. And trust me, I will be steering him in that direction. Don't get me wrong. But that, I mean, he his only exposure to video games is not going to be in the house. It's, you know, it's going to be other places too. And he's going to see mommy and daddy on their cell phones. So that's going to be his first experience. That's true. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a thought because I was going to say you should you should let him play Plants vs. Zombies 2. And then I just had had this like in some bizarre alternate world where where little kids before they understand how to game or read, they know how to purchase microtransactions. Like he doesn't know how to do certain things, but he sure knows how to give EA $6 for this next level. That's a terrifying prospect. That's a that's a <laughs> That's a true future that that could actually happen. So be careful what you wish for. I, I'm not wishing for it. I just I just found it very funny in my head. Uh, so that happened. That's that all right. Absolutely terrifying. And Pac-Man Championship Edition. I got that on the Steam sale. One those Steams on on sale on Steam at some point. And actually, before I saw the Lego Movie on Saturday, uh, I played. Pac-Man with the person that I was with and the multiplayer Pac-Man. Have you played it? Oh, Pac-Man Championship Edition DX? Yeah. I've heard it's awesome, but I've never played it. Oh, dude, it's so fun. My first experience was playing at a bar in Portland, Oregon on a road trip last year uh, with with some jerks, and it was four players, and I was really drunk and screaming at the top of my lungs the whole time. Can you believe that? 
It's kind of how you play video games sometimes. Yeah, and by sometimes you mean always. And then our listener James said, I stupidly rekindled my love of Fallout 3. I have a billion other games to play, but no, the Wasteland beckons. Only five achievements left. There's nothing stupid about my about uh, Fallout 3. So if you want to rekindle your love for that, you go for it, because that game is awesome. I think it's pronounced You Go Girl, even though this was clearly a male listener. Mm, oh, I'm sorry, You Go Girl. I'm sorry if I didn't... Yeah. Um... Yeah, because yeah. the the, fra- the the colloquial phrase uh, "you go" is always followed by "girl." It's a historical uh, recitative, recitative, musically. Historical it's like a, decoupage. Yes, it's like it's a decoupage of sorts. So, so that's what the listener's been playing. Congratulations, listener! You probably played more than John. D- did you play at all when you were in? I'm, I mean, I'm guessing you wouldn't have when you're in the hospital, obviously. But since then, have you had a little gaming time so, or not? No, really? I, did, I mean, actually, I did play stuff in the hospital. I did play some stuff in the hospital, actually. Um, but uh, what I what I kind of did was I I started tying up some some loose ends that I had in, in my gaming uh, decoupage. So. Um, for instance, there was a playthrough of Final Fantasy IV that I had on my iPad. Um, and Final Fantasy IV, the, the version that they have on iPads is the that upgraded 3D um, DS version that they made that had that has oh, the yeah. uh, augmentations in it. Um, which I really like. Uh, there, was a, there was kind of a lot of controversy surrounding that. A lot of people didn't like that. I actually really, really liked those additions. Uh, but I was I was basically at the end of the game. I was in the giant of Babel, um, like two days before Max came. So, um, I did that and I completed that game again. And that game totally still holds up. It's still a really good game. Um, and then I, I talked about final fantasy five on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, might've been like 10 episodes ago or so. And I said, I was going to keep playing it and I did, but then I stopped uh, because the game got hard, as it is wont to do, uh, and I was somewhere in the third world, when basically, basically, if you've never played Final Fantasy V before, in terms of, like, game structure, it's super linear, and then there's this job system that opens up, but the, the general story is still very linear, uh, and then you get to the third world, and there's a point in the in the third of four worlds, there's a point where there is, you can you can go to the end of the game or you can go do like seven, seven of these side quests. Um, and I had just gotten to that point. So I did all of the side quests and I beat final fantasy five. So that Congratulations. was, so that, that was game is, cool. that game is stupidly hard. You know, it wasn't too bad. Um, the, the last boss boss was surprisingly easy with kind of the outfit of jobs that I had put together. So, um, but then I tried to do the optional dungeon, um, which is crazy hard that they put in for like the the most recent version. So that didn't go very well at all. Yeah. And then the last thing that I did, and the thing that I'm most excited about, and actually the thing that if I want to spend any time on anything I did, this is what I'd spend it on, was I um, Diablo three just came out with its with its pre expansion patch. Now Blizzard Blizzard has started to do this with their with their games and I think it's really cool. Um 
But what they'll do, they, they've done this with World of Warcraft for a long time now, but it looks like they're kind of adopting this with other games too, is there's a bunch of stuff that they'll add in the expansion packs when they come out. But about a month before, it's usually about a month, they will release a ton of the planned changes with none of the like additional content. They just... Because they're going to change a bunch of stuff in the expansions usually as well. Um, and as well as add on a bunch of stuff. But they just give you all of the changes of the expansion to kind of give you an idea of where they're going with the game about a month before. Okay. So you can play around with all those new systems. And then if you want to, you can see where they've gone with the game, see if you like it, and then you can buy the expansion. That's pretty cool. And go through all the all the new content. So that new patch, the expansion comes out on the 25th of March, and that new patch just came out. Well, um, I was kind of getting sick of playing games on my iPad, and I hadn't really busted out my 3DS, and I don't really know why, but I didn't. Um, and I was like, well, I my computers are downstairs, but I'm not spending any time downstairs because Max is upstairs. And I'm not going to not spend time with Max. But he sleeps a lot. And when he's sleeping, there's not a lot you can do with him. Like, he sleeps <laughs> right? a lot. He sleeps yeah. a lot. Right? So um, I was like, I need, well, I need something to do. Um, and I don't have a laptop, but my wife does. My wife has, a, has an Apple. Um, I've only ever gamed on PCs. I've never gamed on Apple since, uh, since before. I was like 12 years old the last time I gamed on an Apple, right? Um, so I was, I was like, well, you've got a, a relatively new Apple. Um, and it's it it's not like set for gaming at all. It is just set to do normal everyday activity, right? Right. Um, but Diablo three is not a graphically intense system. So I was just thinking to myself, I was like, you know, Blizzard has all their stuff. Like they do all their stuff online, and all your stuff is connected to your Battle.net account. I wonder if you know. I bought this Diablo three on the PC, but I know that you can play it on on Apple machines. I wonder if you can just use your Battle.net account and download it on an Apple. And sure enough, you want to talk about like doing it right for the customer, all huh. I had to do, start up Battle.net, I downloaded the client, opened it up, it's got all of my games that I own by Blizzard, and it's just got buttons that say download. I mean, it's very, it's, it's, it looks, it's not exactly like Steam, but it's similar to Steam. Except that it's, we're talking cross, now we're talking about cross OS. Which Steam does not... Steam, I think, does have a, a couple games that do that. But this is just all of Blizzard's products. Yeah, like, yeah. If you own it on one OS, you own it on all of them that they have support for. So I was super impressed with that. Because I didn't... I You know, I didn't expect it. I really didn't. I was just kind of curious. And I was following this patch and the fact that the patch came out. And so... I was like, well, I want to try it. And this is like the perfect game because I can just sit in. I can sit in there. I can kill a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, I can do my Diablo 3 thing. And then if I need to pause it, it's a game I can pause, which is really nice. Uh, so I can just pause it, go take care of Max for a while, take care of my wife if she needs something, that kind of thing, and then jump right back in. It is kind of like perfect game to play right now. So um, I jumped in. They have changed a lot. Uh, the general, like, the, the basic bones of the game all remain the same. So I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, too. I've definitely talked about Diablo 3, because I've sunk a ton of hours into it. Uh, but the general bones of the game are, are still the same. You're still going through, like, all the same acts and stuff. Like, that's all the same. But they've changed the way a lot, a lot of the abilities work, which is kind of fresh. Um, because there were... 
when I stopped playing the game the last time, there were basically like two or three builds for every character that were the generally accepted. Like th these are kind of the way you have to play the game. Uh, because these abilities are generally considered a little more like overpowered than other abilities. Well, yeah. now uh, they've kind of tweaked those abilities where they've weakened some of those abilities that were just considered incredibly powerful before, and they've boosted some other abilities in some interesting ways. Um, so that's kind of fun. So characters kind of feel they kind of feel completely different now. Um, and the just the best part the best part the best thing they added was the loot system because they've completely removed the auction house so the auction house was a very controversial part of Diablo 3 to start um, it was basically you would trade with other players on this on this virtual auction house that existed outside of the in in-game game and you'd be able to put your stuff up for both in-game currency and real money um, and that was how you got new gear a lot of the time. But the, right. the big problem and the big controversy around that, and if you don't know anything about this, go back two years and 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 read about it. But the 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 the, the gist of the controversy was you you stalled out on advancing your character through gear that you found in the game, and instead, in order to get upgrades, you would you would basically have to go to the auction house to get upgrades. And it turned it stopped being fun because the like the fun of the game is to get kill something hard, get it to drop something that was really cool that you then could equip on your character. So the new loot system that they implemented is they they have basically made made you find items that are exclusively usable by your character class when you're playing. So you find way less items than you did before, but the, fewer. You find way less items than you did before, but the the quality tends to be better, and there's a better progression of stuff that you find to equip, uh, to make your character better, and it's much more satisfying that way. Hmm. Um, and okay, they they revamped a bunch of stuff to make it a little more streamlined, and it's just it's it's a better game. They've made it a much better game, and they've totally rekindled my love for it. Cannot wait for the expansion, um, which comes out again on, on March 25th. So it's super soon, and they've, they're going to be adding a ton of great stuff in the expansion. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. So yeah, yeah that was, there was that's basically what I've been playing. Yeah, you got out of it because you were playing a ton of it, and then at one point I thought you said, I'm done with Diablo 3. And you had a specific reason. Was it because of that, that item deal? I think it was um, because... It, you end up you ended up doing like the exact same run through the game over and over and over again. And but isn't that every MMO? It's not an MMO. It's a it's a loot grind game. Like a Oh, I'm I, sorry. I, I did I didn't mean to call the uh the loot grind game an MMO cuz how is there a difference? It's a loot game. Well, I mean an MMO is a persistent online world. This is this world is not persistent. It's generated when you enter it. Um, but it just got the reason why it got stale was because they they don't have enough randomly generated stuff in the original to keep yeah, it interesting. So so you do that's and that's the that is the technical term that's right randomly generated stuff. Yeah, RGS. Um, there are so there aren't enough environments to go through to keep it interesting. But in the expansion, what they're going to be adding is they're going to be adding these completely randomly generated stuff. Um. That is going to be different every time you play, along with like specific quests that are 
tailored to those kind of those areas that are randomly generated. And so not only are you going to have new areas that you've never seen before every time you go in, but there's also going to be a specific purpose for you to go in there that you can then focus on as well, rather than just running through to get gear. You can like have another objective to do. Um, oh, and it looks okay. really good. Honestly, the expansion looks it looks really good. It's a little more directed. Um, oh, and you know what else I played while we're on the Blizzard Wait, bandwagon? Th- I played Heart... Do you think... First, do you think you'll get the expansion? I'll absolutely get the expansion. I'll absolutely get the expansion. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we'll follow I, up I on that I can't later. Wait for it. Um, but and back then the, on other the Blizzard thing I bandwagon. Yeah, other thing I've played was Hearthstone, which is that new Blizzard collectible card game, online collectible card game. Um, it's it's finally an open beta, so anybody that wants to try it can. Um, and I talked about Soulforge a lot. Remember when I was on my soul, kind of my Soulforge kick. Dude, every time uh, I'm on Steam, half my friends list is playing Soulforge. Yeah, and you know what? I can't do Soulforge anymore. And and the reason why I can't do Soulforge is because they the decks were not curated well enough. There weren't there weren't strict enough rules to make decks balanced so that kind of anybody could play. Because you could have in that game you can have four I think three or four of the same copy of a card. And you can have as many legendary cards, which is the best rarity, as you want. So it got to the point where there would be people that... And the, the matchmaking system was shit. It was horrible. So it would, it would, there would get, come to a point where you would play online with other people. And you would, you would encounter these decks that were like literally all legendaries. And that was dumb, right? Like there was... There would yeah. be literally no way... To, I mean, unless that person played the stupidest they could possibly play there'd be no way to 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 beat a deck like that so in hearthstone uh, that was why i stopped playing soulforge hearthstone is much more directed so the way that this works is it's it's based on all the character classes of uh, world of warcraft which there are 9 and you pick a character class and that character class has a set number of cards um, that they can use that are specific to that character class. Which kind of interesting. It makes it makes like when you're playing different character classes, it makes your character feel unique because uh, only they can have certain cards. Um, yeah. And then there's also uh, neutral cards that anybody can put in their deck. And the way the game works is everything's got a mana cost, and it goes it ranges from zero to ten, and then you've got a mana bar. And you start off the first turn with one mana crystal, and then you spend as much of that as you want, and then you end your turn. And then the next turn you have two, and then that ramps up every single turn. You get an extra mana crystal to spend all the way up to ten, to turn ten. So the game escalates very quickly. A a typical game of Hearthstone has taken about five to fifteen minutes. It's very fast. Super snappy, super casual, way easy to just play around and then put it down. Um, So they've got the way, that's kind of the way their cards their deck structures set up but there's just a bunch of you know you've got your side of the board you play minions all of your minions have like different powers um and they they're all they all have different rule breaking stuff that your standard card game will have some things can attack on the first turn for instance other things can have an ability called taunt where everything has to you have to attack the creature with taunt first before you can attack the other person um but then they've got some other cool some other cool things where each character has its own two cost class specific action. So like the the shaman, which is my current favorite cl- class to play, but the shaman has a two 
uh, a two cost, two mana cost totem summon and you use it and it summons a random totem because in World of Warcraft one of the things that shaman can do is they can summon totems that give them uh, buffs so like that makes the shaman different right okay the paladin can uh, can spend its two resource cost to summon a 1-1 hired guard and then that just kind of pops out on the battlefield That's it's got a 1-1 minion um, and then the object of the game is just to whittle the opponent's hit points down to zero, and everybody and both sides start with thirty. But the thing that's so great about it is the classes feel incredibly different, which is really cool. And they've got much stronger regulation of their decks of their deck structure. Uh, like you, you can only have one legendary in the deck. Period. Um, Otherwise, you can only have two copies of cards rather than four. Um, so it's just it feels like it feels like there might be a little more balance there than there was in Soulforge. I just it's, I was so tired of just getting stomped every time I played Soulforge. And as Blizzard is just what Blizzard does, what they do best, and their matchmaking is perfect. And I win about fifty percent of my games, which is exactly what they're looking for in their matchmaking systems. So their nice. yeah their matchmaking system is just perfect like it is never overly frustrating to play against human opponents in that game and you never feel I have not once and I've probably played about ten to fifteen games against human opponents never once have I felt just completely overmatched by their deck Blizzard well, just good. makes good games they make good games I mean their their games are awesome so and that you- is yeah that is I'm I'm really liking that and I love how casual it is I love that I can just pick it up I can play it for 10-15 minutes, play a round or two, and then put it down. Uh, there's quests every day. Keep in mind, the game is free, so there's an in-game currency, of course, that you are that you can build up, and then you can also buy cards with real money in the beta. But I'm pretty sure it's all going to carry over into the regular game at this point. Um, but oh, they, they make opening the cards really fun. Like, there's a pack that you put on a... You put on this big play mat, and you open the pack, and it, like, explodes in confetti and sparkles... And then you individually turn over every one of the cards, and there's this really chunky sound effect. It's like, when you turn over the card, and it, like, zooms in really close and shows the card to... It just... It's got a great... I could see myself spending a bunch of money. I won't spend a bunch of money on the game, but I could see myself spending a bunch of money on the game. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I'm really surprised, I'm not going to lie, how much gaming you got in. But I'm not also surprised because... That baby's sleeping a lot, so keep, I guess you do have to do something. And keep in mind, you know, I don't, I'm not really a TV watcher all that much. So, like, gaming is kind of what I do. Like, that's what I do in my free time instead of watching TV shows. Yeah, oh, me neither. I mean, I haven't watched much of anything lately, actually. So. Right. So there you go. Uh, but you have great. played. You have played something. I've played some stuff uh, in the mail after the games. Stop debacle of pre-ordering, even though it came out on February 11th, I didn't get Lightning Returns Final Fantasy 13 in the mail until February 14th, so Lightning was my Valentine. Is that really the and full name of that game? Lightning Returns Final Fantasy 13. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is dumb. You're dumb. Yeah, okay. What's right. wrong with that? You got a problem so- with my woman? Uh, I have started that. I have barely played it. Barely played it. 
because when I get a newish RPG, I want to sit down and play it for six hours straight. I don't want it. I don't want to play it for an hour or two and then have to put it down. I hate that. I hate it. So I've only had like one chunk of time to spend. I've maybe played four or five hours or maybe six or maybe 12. I don't know. No, but I've not played. I've not played it a lot. I will tell you that when I get around to reviewing it, either next week or the following week, like sometime in March, I will review this game. I cannot wait to explain the plot to you, John. You are going to... Do you know anything about the plot? I know I know that Lightning's Jesus. I know that okay. I know that she's kind of a Jesus character. That's kind of all I okay. know about it though. Do not read any more about the plot because I want to go into explicit detail about the plot of this game in a podcast to hear your live reaction because you are going to lose it. Uh and I don't mean you're going to lose it like crying like lose it like you had a baby lose it. Like you're just <laughs> going to flip out and it's going to be awesome. Because it's, it's be awesome. so because it's written so well. It is yes, because it's so well written. That's just that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh okay. my god, John! No, I, I was literally watching the opening cutscene, thinking John is going to a brick when I tell him what this game is about. But you know, you know what's what's exciting is that well, I suppose it's I don't really mean it's exciting, but what's interesting is that even you are able to kind of objectively say that there might be something wrong. Something is wrong. Oh, something is very wrong. <laughs> Something is incredibly wrong with this entire scenario. Okay. So we'll and see. And I mean what you happens. have been you have been like the biggest Final Fantasy thirteen Fabula Nova Cristalis apologist that I know. So I haven't apologized for much, have I? You to me you feel slightly blindly devoted to it. Oh, I disagree. I I, I think I see it for what it is, but I think I find more in entertainment value in in the game than than you do and I, I think that's fair like i know final fantasy 13 painfully linear painfully linear until you get to the end and then it gets really fun well then it it's really but i like the story too i um, actually really liked the story in 13 i thought the story in 13 was one of the strongest points it really was it was actually a, it was actually a very good story yeah so i, I like 13 you know but not a good story yeah, yeah. Uh thirteen two I uh in retrospect have mixed feelings about uh but I, I thought it was overall fun. I thought it was more fun than you did because you apparently are better at the game than me. I had some issues beating things that you apparently did not, so it was harder for for uh for me than for you. And also I downloaded a lot of the DLC which a lot of it was a nostalgia cash in and a lot of it turned out to be just brutally difficult to the point where if you didn't have a perfectly raised and perfected party and strategy there was literally no way to beat it. It would be like like tower defense games where there is only one possible way to beat the level because of one specific tower configuration, and any deviance of that is completely null and voids the entire experience. Like, you cannot beat that level. That's Final Fantasy XIII 2's downloadable content. That, doesn't sound, very, some that doesn't sound very fun. No, it's not. I like when there's more than one way to beat something, so that's kind of annoying. So I've been playing Lightning Returns, uh, if you can even say I've been playing it. Let's say I started Lightning Returns. But 
I have beaten the Bravely Default demo, and John, this is your game. Okay. You have to play this game. You absolutely have to play this game. Uh, it is. It is turn. So it's a it's a role playing game by Square Enix. Have Have you read much about it? I have. I think I know quite a bit about it actually. Okay. So, um, I'll just summarize it a bit for the listener. I don't want to get into like excessive detail because I feel like a lot has been written and said about it already. And I'm very much looking forward to playing the full game. In addition, two of our listeners at or more are playing through the game or have played through the game. So a lot of people are pretty familiar with it. But for the uninitiated, this is the spiritual successor, straight on, to old school Final Fantasy. And I'm talking Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3 on the NES and a little bit of like Final Fantasy 4 and 5 on Super Nintendo. And by a spiritual successor, I'm talking about the old school battle system, the turn-based combat, the kind of medieval world, like you apparently get an airship in the game, there are different terrains. All of the items and spells are Final Fantasy name conventions. I knew there that. Are Phoenix, yeah, there are Phoenix Downs, eye drops, antidotes, uh, remedies, you know, you name it, Fyra, Blizzara, uh, Thundara for the spells, things like that, Kira, Protect, Shell. All of the Final Fantasy battle conventions are used in this game, like just straight up. Now they add the Brave and Default system. So you have, you have, you start a battle with zero it's either Brave points or Battle points, I don't know what it stands for, but you start with zero BP. It's Brave points. It's Brave points, okay, great. So if you do an action, a lot of actions are free, they don't cost any Brave points, but if you perform an action that costs Brave points, then you'll go down to negative one Brave BP, and so on and so forth. Uh, so you need to build up those Brave points by defaulting, and default is just defend. So if you defend on your turn, if you hit default or defend or uh, on your turn, then you are defending. Your your defenses increase substantially that turn, which is nice. Defend isn't a throwaway in this game. Your defense reaches substantially, and you gain one BP. Then the next round begins, and then you can either spend that or you can build up more. Now, in, throughout the demo, you can only build up to three BP, and you can also go up to negative two or three, but I I'm not... 100% clear on what happens when you go negative. I, at a certain point, if you go negative 2 or negative 3, then your character will default to defaulting. Like, you have no option of what to do with that character. So for the next couple turns, they're just going to default. But I think you can get away with negative 1 and still perform a free action that turn. I'm not really exactly sure. But for the most part, that's kind of the flow of combat. So that's a layer on top of, like, your typical things like magic points and hit points. And you have four party members. It is a static party throughout the game. And there's a job system. So so when I say static party, I mean they are named for you. Uh, I presume because of the voice acting, because in the full version there's voice acting. Okay. Uh, there's not in the demo, but I presume that they're pre-named because of the voice acting. Or you can change all their names, and I'm just totally full of crap. I don't know. But I believe they're pre-named for you with voice actors. And there's a job system. So they are unique characters with unique stats, but right off the bat, you have Freelancer, Knight, White Mage, Black Mage, Red Mage, and in the demo, anyway, Ninja, uh 
whatever the dragoon is. I think they call it a lancer, and uh, one or two other ones. I think one is a either a dancer or a bard or some type. But they call it like singer. There's a couple deviations from the the general Final Fantasy job class name fair, and there are several jobs that are not unlocked right away. So presumably you have to build job levels of certain combinations to unlock more job classes, like in Final Fantasy Tactics. So, like in Tactics, you would have to or you find a level... them throughout the game. Oh, or you find them throughout the game. That's what you've read. So there's that. Uh, so oh, actually, I, don't, I don't know. I said or no, you, you don't find, know. Or yeah, you I don't find know throughout the, throughout the game. I don't. I don't know. No, I don't know either. So that's two of us. Um, and throughout the demo, so the demo is. They call out that it's structured differently than the game. In the game, I guess there's a, a linear or at least semi-linear story. I don't know how open it is. Again, I'm just talking about the demo right now. Um, I don't know how, how linear or non-linear the story is, but in this demo, you specifically just perform jobs. You run up to somebody in the town. You They, they say, oh, I need six monster livers. Go roam the desert and get monster livers. You go fight some guys, you go back, and you get uh, you get a reward for it. And they give you a reward. Not only do they give you gold, but also they reward you with in-game items that will transfer over to the full version of the game. So if I buy the game or download the game, purchase the game, and I transfer over my save data, I now have, because I've completed all the jobs in the game... I now have like 10 or 12 pieces of equipment and items that will be in my inventory when I begin the game, which supposedly will make the beginning of the game a little bit easier for playing the full game, which makes perfect sense from an RPG. Yeah, what a cool way to do that, right? It's brilliant, and it makes perfect sense from an RPG standpoint because the early stages of an RPG are partially dedicated to you getting used to the combat and battle system. And having played the demo, it took me five hours to complete the demo. Having completed that, I'm familiar with their combat system, so I don't need that. So now when I go to the full game, I don't need that redundant playing and slow grind at the start of the game. I can kind of plow through things a bit more quickly, and then, you know, the difficulty will settle in. But... If I decide the game is too hard or too easy, I can also change the difficulty of the game at any point in the game by opening the menu and uh, selecting easy, medium, or hard difficulty. And if I'm having trouble with a dungeon, I can also set the enemy encounter rate to either plus 100%, plus 50%, neutral, minus 50%, or minus 100%. So I can set it to zero enemy encounters from the beginning of the game, which is that encounter slider that you mentioned last week, John, or two which weeks ago. Which is brilliant, which is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so it's it's an incredibly flexible game. Uh, it is challenging. It was very challenging as I got used to the battle system. I didn't, I didn't quite love it at first. It didn't click, but once it clicked, it made a lot of sense, and I was like, okay, I get this. There's a rhythm, there's a flow. It's nice because the random battles are... They can be throwaway battles. There's even... If you press the Y button, it even sets an auto mode. So whatever commands you've input in previous battles, it will default to those commands. So you can essentially just set kind of a pre-recorded set of commands for your party. Sure. 
And you input all the commands for your party in a row, and then you just hit kind of action, and then everybody takes their turn. So, you know, I'll, I'll make my actions for all four characters, and then I'll hit go. They'll all do their actions. The enemies will all do their actions. If I don't want to watch those animations or I'm grinding, you can hit right on the D-pad once or twice, and it will fast forward at differing speeds through the animations. So if I hit it once, then it'll everything will show kind of double time. I can still follow what's going on. You know, you're attacking quickly, the enemy's attacking quickly, but you can still see the damage counters and things. But if I'm just blazing through things and just want to get through the battle, I hit it twice, and it just really, it's like fast-forwarding. It's like watching Spaceballs on double time, except without the sound effects changing pitch. Which is pretty cool, right? It's super cool, it, it, and it's it's just like you said. You mentioned a couple weeks ago, this is like a traditional RPG that also pushes the genre forward, and this is like, this encapsulates all of the classic challenge and strategy and thought that goes behind an old-school RPG, like from the late 80s, early 90s, while coupling it with things in the modern era that make it more accessible, far more accessible. So if you've always liked JRPGs, but maybe you're a little impatient at times, perfect. Just change some settings. Or if you think they're too hard, change some settings. So it's very flexible. And then more so, and you know how much I love Street Pass, right? Nintendo yes. Street Pass? Yes. Like, I love the Street Pass. I you love do that love idea. Pass. Well, I love the idea of I cannot be playing a video game and still be playing a video game. Like, by walking to the store at the corner, I may be getting experience points slash content on my device just for walking, for, for living, for doing stuff in real life. I feel like I'm being doubly productive. If I go grocery shopping with my 3DS, not only have I gone grocery shopping, but now I have three more guys in my street pass. It's just like an added bonus. It makes life better. It's so pretty cool. I, yeah, I love it. In this game, there is some... I don't remember exactly how the story ties in, but there's a town on your bottom screen. When you're running around the world map, the main world map, there's a town on the bottom screen, and there are... I think your town gets... I think your town gets uh, kind of decimated at the start of the game. Sure, maybe. And and you have to rebuild it throughout the course of the game. It could be. Yeah, so you have to rebuild it. And so at the bottom of the screen let's say at the start of the game there are like four icons there's a couple icons of rubble that rubble needs to be cleared from this area so you can you can open up this part of the town and then there's a couple like you know remains of a building oh this building needs to be built back up well you start with one character and I can say okay I'm going to set this one character for the item shop and he'll rebuild the item shop okay it says it will take six hours to rebuild the item shop in real time Great, cool, set them to work. If I want to play the game six hours later, it's done. Or when you street pass with people, they add to your village. So I street pass four people, I have four more people in that village. If I set another person to that job, let's say there's two doing that job, then it only takes three hours in real time. If I set four people, it's only going to take 45 minutes, I think. So, you know, like, the more people you set, the faster it gets done in real time. And... That's pretty nifty as well. Uh, and in the uh, the demo, you only have a weapon shop, an item shop, a uh, defensive item shop, uh, equipment slash armor shop, and uh, I think that's about it. And you have to clear some rubble. So there's not a lot to play with, but presumably 
if this town that you're rebuilding has any sense of scale with the game, I have street passed with like 12 or 13 people now in Bravely Default. So like these are people who own Bravely Default, which is awesome. I've street passed with that many people and I could send them all to build something or, or construct something. So it kind of paces the game. It has that waiting component, but you're picking up people on the streets and things like that. And you can also summon friends through the internet. And I think that's awesome. It's a super social component. Those items become available at select shops throughout the world that you can then buy. And of course, the game is paced because they're priced appropriately. So let's say I street pass a zillion people and I make my town huge. Okay, cool. I could buy like the strongest sword in the game. Well, guess what? It'll cost me like 80,000, whatever the currency is. And, you know, I'm only getting 18 per battle. So, like, it doesn't break the game because of the way it fits into the RPG. Which is good. Which is very good. So, that's what makes... I love that social component. And you can also summon your Street Pass friends in battles. So, I I haven't looked a ton into this system, but I've utilized it. You can either send or summon during a battle. So if I select send, let's say with my character Edia, right? It's one of the mages. If I, if I go to Edia and I select send and then I use the black magic spell Fyra or Blizzara, then that will save my street pass character as Edia casting that spell. So when I street pass with somebody, Edia casting that spell becomes available in battle for them to summon by using either a battle point or it might be it might actually be play coins i'm not sure and huh, play coins okay. are yeah play coins are the nintendo ds currency you accumulate by walking around you just get a couple play coins a day pretty much if you're walking around with it so there's that which is awesome so you're you're semi limited i mean there's not really it's you can pretty much do a lot of that summoning but you can only summon the characters I've street passed with, I can only summon once, and then they're no longer available. I haven't figured out how to replenish that. I think I have to street pass them again. So I'm pretty sure if it's like an acquaintance, quote-unquote, if it's somebody you just pass by that's not on your friends list or anything, I think you can only summon them once until you street pass them again. But I'm not 100% sure because, again, I haven't looked super closely into it. And the features in the demo uh, they've, they mentioned are more limited than the features in the full version. So that could be different. But I know you can register friends with the internet in the full version, get their street pass characters, and then use them in battle. So Jamie, actually one of our listeners, was actually having a conversation, I believe... With another one of our listeners, or maybe somewhere else on Google+, somebody was talking with him on Google+, and he was talking about, oh, I'll send you my character, and I'll just totally obliterate everything for you. So that's another component. If you're having a hard time in the game, you can, you know, like, John, if you start playing it, and I'm having trouble, since you're generally more into these kinds of games than I am, or better at them anyway, uh, you know, you have, I have trouble, you have a really strong guy, I can summon your guy, you know, use some play coins, and, and there you go. So, it's, it's a Man, very... Man, this game sounds really good. I know, it's a highly integrated social component, and it makes sense, and it doesn't break the game, and you don't need to be street-passing people left and right in Chicago like I always am to utilize it. Like, you don't need to, you know, I know you street-pass fewer people in, in Minnesota generally, but you don't need to, like, because 
it just will pace the game differently. You know, it's it's like, oh, well, I can't clear this boulder in an hour. I have to wait 10 hours instead. So, I mean, you know, who cares? Oh, well, you know, you'll just wait till morning and then it's cleared because no one's playing for 10 hours straight. Um, but then for those people who are very highly active on street pass and big areas like me, you know, like I'll have my village constructed very quickly. But again, it's not going to break the game because of the item restrictions. So I, it's super fun. I think it's challenging. Uh, there is one optional boss once you've beaten the demo that will give you additional in-game items. And I died when I tried to beat him. He was very hard. So I'm actually grinding a little bit, uh, testing out the grinding system, seeing how quickly it goes. I have read a couple reviews that say the full game, the, the storyline's a bit generic. It doesn't, like, it's not going to... It's not the best writing ever or whatever. I, I don't know. But in, in terms of the combat and the item system and the equipment system and, and all that, it, it was a minor bit of adjustment. But once I got used to it, like, like John, you would love this. I just have a feeling this is your bag. I feel like it'd be your jam. It sounds so, really good. Yeah. So I, I just think it, it's it, – especially since you just were playing Final Fantasy V, it – you know, the – Importing everyone's command at the start of the battle reminds me of Final Fantasy 3 because that's the most recent old school Final Fantasy game I've played and that's that's how that input works but the job system is totally somewhere between Final Fantasy 5 and Final Fantasy Tactics so it's uh it's cool dude it's cool I think I that's going to be kind of the next once I once I kind of fall off Diablo 3 again which eventually I will uh I think I'm going to I think I'm going to pick this up I really do cuz it's honest totally sounds yeah. like my style of game I know yeah and honest to god I have gotten home before and sat on my couch playing it and not playing Final Fantasy <laughs> Lightning Returns because I like the game so much and it's the demo that you're playing it is the demo yeah so not even all the full features are unlocked So I don't even have voice acting and apparently there's voice acting so okay and the music is amazing I bet it is like it's a, so I searched on YouTube for Bravely Default Battle Music. I, I'm pretty sure I posted a link to this YouTube video on our Google Plus page, but it is the battle music. There's a video of a live concert from Japan that's 17 minutes long, and it's a battle medley of the main theme of the main battle theme, and then the boss battle music, and then a couple other boss battle themes that I haven't gotten to they're not in the demo but the first like five minutes it goes right into it and it is a rock band with a full orchestra and like brass section so there's like electric guitar and strings and trumpets and it is i believe they used a live like a live orchestra to record the soundtrack for the game if i'm not mistaken which is pretty impressive, if that's true. Dude, it is It is so good. The battle music is... I watch that video three times a day at work because the music is always stuck in my head. Like, the battle music is so good. The overworld music is so... Like, all of the music is so good. And that also reminds me of Final Fantasy Old School because, obviously, you know, Uematsu is the, one of the best composers ever for video game music. So it's true. 
Yeah, man, the music is good and it's gorgeous. Like they they have hand painted sceneries for some of these towns. The three D effect works more in depth than uh, any three D game I've played. It works better than Link Between Worlds and all the Street Pass games that I play. I can't really explain how, but it just seems to have more level of dimension. So I don't, I don't know how to really describe it, but the, the 3D just looks better. The visual style is great. They're super deformed characters. Um, everything about this game I like so far. Everything. Great. So, uh, yeah, that's and that's why... <laughs> yeah, and of course, yeah, I mean, every, every time I something is like kind of hits me as, oh, this is awesome, I'm just like, dude, John is going to love this game. Oh, you're going to love it. Like so I can't oh, wait. I I, I'm ex- yeah, I'm excited for you to start playing it and play the demo. That's the best. That's the other. I mean, that's that's really a really really cool thing about it too. Like you don't even have to spend a dime. You can be sitting in your in your room, download the demo because that's the day and age we're in, and get five hours out of it. And then if I'm missing the mark and you don't like it, whatever. But I think you will like it. But then you've got you just played five hours of a video game for free, and it was really fun. And it'll then translate stuff to the actual version of the game. Yeah, so it's not just spinning your wheels. So I, I'm, I highly recommend it. Uh, listener, if you like JRPGs, definitely, definitely get the demo. And uh, I'm sure I will follow up when I get the full game. It's, it's been tough. I can't – I've had a hard time convincing myself that it's okay to buy the game because I still have not beaten Pokemon Y. I'm 60 hours into it. And I don't like jumping back and forth between games on the same system since I'm already jumping back and forth between them and Lightning Returns. But I think I like the game enough to where I may actually just pick it up anyway and just switch between the two. To be fair, Pokemon Y is not the kind of game that you. I feel like you need to feel guilty about leaving for a while and coming back to. There's no story. There's no story there, right? That you're that you're losing. I mean, it's. It's it's so easy to just pick that back up again if you want. Well, to. the the story is I want to be the very best, John. Like no one ever was. Like no one ever was, you know. I mean, like if you think about it, to catch them is is your real test in that game, and to train them is your cause, essentially, po- right? Pokemon. Yeah. So, so there's that, but. Yeah, so I'm also still playing Pokemon Y. I think I have six gym badges, and that leads us to the last thing I want to talk about on this podcast. Did you... How closely were you able to follow Twitch play as Pokemon? Um, I watched it four or five times for anywhere from 10 minutes to 30 minutes at a time on, on any of those times. So I probably spent like three, three or four hours with it total. Okay. Did you did you check out the subreddit? No, because I don't really know how to use Reddit. Like, mm, is that a okay. weird thing to say? I don't. I, Reddit Reddit is intimidating to me. I have not taken the time to like figure it out, but Reddit is confusing to me. Sure. Okay. So the subreddit is where all the memes came out and were generated, and websites and T-shirt sales, and just the the whole like kind of subculture that evolved from Twitch Play as Pokemon as far as I know, kind of lived on Reddit. And I'm sure you saw me on Facebook just exploding all week. Oh, there was the fu- some of the f- craziest stuff. The best was there was an article on Kotaku. And I don't know why it got... It always gets... Sh- stuff always gets sh- on so much on that website. But 
um, it was an article that explained all of like the religions that came out of Twitch Plays Pokemon. Yeah, it was the yeah. craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, I, okay, so yeah, so you've been following it on Kotaku then? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been following it as a as a phenomenon. Yeah, I think I've been going straight. To, so yeah, Kotaku did a really good job summarizing a lot of it. Um, I would highly recommend John following Twitch Plays Pokemon on Facebook. Because they are somebody's running a fan page and they're posting a lot of that stuff kind of more in real time. So in case you don't see it as much on Kotaku, like it's fun to see that stuff in your newsfeed. But all of it comes from the subreddit. I think that's kind of where the home is. And I I read it religiously, so I see like every stupid meme that comes up and stuff. And it's it's wild. Um, I don't want to go super into it now because I actually talked. I actually guessed starred on uh, uh, one of Jamie Butterworth's YouTube videos on Saturday. So, I talking about Twitch Plays Pokemon, he sent me an invite. He said, hey, anybody want to talk about Twitch Plays Pokemon? And I was like, hell yeah. So, um, go check out Jamie's channel. On Google+, Plus. he's Jamie Butterworth, but you can also find him on YouTube as Butterworthy is his channel. I don't know if he has the URL officially, but I think if you search Butterworthy, you should be able to find it or Search for Butterworthy Twitch Plays Pokemon. And yeah, I, I guess I was in... Uh, we talked a lot about it and the whole, like, everything behind it. Um, Overall, yeah. you thought it was a pretty incredible thing, though, right? Overall, I'm still following it. Now they're doing Pokemon Gold. Uh, I think they're on Crystal. Are they? Yeah. I don't really know what comes after Red and Blue, so I don't really... Well, X and Y yeah. does at some point. Yeah. I, it eventually gets to X and Y. But, but I will say, I have been obsessed to a degree with Twitch Plays Pokemon. I think it's just hilarious and ridiculous and just unbelievable. So I agree with I'm you. It fan. is definitely all of those things. All of those things. All of those things. So, yeah. So, hey. Um, uh, oh, and also I posted the Castlevania Symphony of the Night memes. Did you see those? I did. They're really good. <laughs> They're really good. They're excellent Thank you. memes. You did a very Thank good you. job I, with that. I appreciate it. So, listener, go to unqualifiedgamers.com if you want. I photoshopped some, somewhat poorly, but I photoshopped some memes of uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night because I was bored and really felt like it, and they're kind of funny, and feel free to use them places because that's what the internet is, is memes and cats, often both. There's really not much else on there. There's really not much else on there. On where, the website or on the internet? On the internet. Ah, uh, that's true, or or really on our website. I'm I'm working on getting more content for it, uh, but you know, life happens sometimes. Boy, you tell me about life happening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to... That was my impression of you. Did you like it? it? Sounds exactly like me. You nailed it. Thank you. What are you drinking right now? Whiskey? Is that whiskey? No, alcohol's been. Not that it hasn't been appealing to me, but it's just. It's been kind of off of the radar at the moment. Oh, okay. But, right. but if I had whiskey here, I would be drinking it. Okay. I figured it might be whiskey in a jar. I don't know what that reference is, and I don't care to know. I made that reference like three episodes ago, and you said the same thing, and I told you it's metalingus. <laughs> that still doesn't help me. <sighs> What's a metalingus? It's your attitude. WWE Attitude? Thank you for that whiskey. It sounded like you were drinking whiskey. That's why I asked. Last week, my... (laughs) One more thing. 
last week, Ryan, I t- he was texting me saying, oh, yeah, I'll do your podcast. And I texted him and said, yeah, I want drunk Ryan in all caps because I yell things for no reason. You know this about me. Yeah. And when we finished the podcast, a couple hours later, like, well, after I posted the podcast a couple days later or the next day or whenever the hell it was, after I posted it, he said, yeah, I was getting really drunk near the end. And I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? You were drinking while we recorded? And he goes, you told me to. And I totally <laughs> was kidding. So he got drunk and I didn't know it while we were recording. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so that happened. Well done. Well done. Thank so you. you you wrought that upon yourself is what you're saying. Pretty much. Pretty much. I'll still blame it on you, but yeah, I did. Good job. I really did. Thank you. So, congratulations, happy birthday to me and uh go not to unqualifiedgamers.com so you can find us on the not internet. Not your birthday. It's not your birthday. It's not my birthday. It's also not yours. 